1: And welcome back. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, iHeart Radio, Xeno FM, and our good friends at Simul Radio and Simul TV. To find out about the programming we have available for you 24-7, 365, visit www.xzbn.net. And uh, to watch the Exxon TV channel, which is channel 21 on Simul TV, visit simultv.com. My guest this hour, Exxon Nation, is Jane Kyle. She is a UFO, ufologist living in Texas who has documented over 1,000 worldwide and Texas UFO sightings since beginning the site in 2012. She offers up a journalism degree from the University of Texas at Austin, a 10-year career in writing and marketing, and a helpless addiction to exploring the unknown. Jane lives with her husband, son, three dogs, and a cat in her home in the state of Texas, and is definitely, most likely, probably not an alien hybrid. Her website, texasufosightings.com, and Jane, welcome to the X-Zone.
2: Thank you so much for having me on. I, I appreciate it.
1: Tell me, Jane, what? where did your interest in UFOs come from?
2: So I think I've always been open to the idea of aliens mm-hmm. and always enjoyed the movies. E.T. The Extraterrestrial was my favorite growing up, but I don't think I really thought about it in a realistic way until meeting my now husband. So he grew up thinking about it in a very realistic way, reading all the books that have um, been written over the many years of ufology now and so he really turned me on to the topic and once I started going down that rabbit hole I had an aha moment mm-hmm. so not long before starting com in 2012 is when I, I went on that journey myself Share
1: that journey with us if you could
2: Yes so I think there are a lot of people that are in this field who have maybe had encounters themselves. Mm -hmm. In my case, I really have not. There's definitely been some things I've seen in the sky that I've wondered about, but that was pretty much all there was to it. But when you read case after case after case of sightings of, of craft that all have these similar trademarks or encounters with, gray, you know, shorter, gray beings, those classic gray alien emojis Mm -hmm. that we all see. You really, you cannot write off that evidence as anecdotal or, well, because I haven't seen an alien, it must not exist. You just can't. The evidence is so overwhelming and so great, and I still turn over new rocks and Mm -hmm. discover new things to this day. You and said so it's a journey that's I'm still still going through for sure.
1: You said evidence. What evidence have you discovered?
2: Yes. So, well, it depends on what year really you want to talk about. What year of evidence? Because well, evidence, I, I, evidence of, that you yeah. your <laughs>
1: evidence that you yourself has have discovered.
2: Yes. So I personally have not had an encounter, at least okay. that I recall um. that I'm aware of. Right. Uh, because I have been doing the site for so long, though, I've interacted with many witnesses over the years, and they, have, they sort of tell me the same things. They come from totally different backgrounds. Usually when somebody is writing to my site or talking to me about an encounter, they're pretty hesitant. And they want to be remain anonymous. They'll sometimes say, "I I don't even believe in these things. I don't even believe in UFOs and aliens, but I saw something." And so I've heard and read testimony after testimony, and seen videos and photos mm-hmm. of of objects in the sky, anomalous objects in the sky. So, you know, take that for what it's worth, right? That's a pretty UFO is a pretty broad term unidentified flying object so that it can encompass a lot of evidence right if we're talking about evidence of UFOs seen a lot of that or overwhelming amount of that um, and then also have have um, reported on encounters with aliens uh, at least in modern times the concrete evidence for that is pretty few and far between and mm-hmm. you know frustratingly lacking. Um, so as a researcher myself, I, I do feel that if those at least modern date encounters are real, they very well could happen on some dreamlike plane or or some kind of dreamlike a situation is induced in the individual and they're only able to recall that event later. So. So lots of concrete evidence of anomalous objects in the sky that defy explanation, like plane or helicopter or drone or Chinese lanterns. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as concrete evidence of alien bodies, yeah, I'm, I'm still searching.
1: Okay. When you talk about a lot of concrete evidence, and and, you know, you were mm-hmm. talking about other than the aircraft, the helicopters, the drones, the Chinese lanterns, Right. To the best of my, my knowledge, that would equate to less than 2% of total sightings.
2: I guess it just depends on who you ask and, mm. and what source, right? So I will say that I really will end up reporting on a minority mm-hmm. of the sightings that come my way. A lot of times, you know, I'll see pictures of lens flares. That's a really classic misidentification. It's not a crazy person. Who's had too much to drink, um, or it's not a hoax, It's just somebody that took a picture, and now they see a really strange ball of light mm-hmm. in their picture that they wasn't there, you know, with their naked eye. I've seen an example. So there are definitely, I would say, a minority of the sightings that come to me seem worthy of that investigation, and then only you know, a certain percentage of those right are going to and you, know, remain unexplained year after year.
1: You say worthy of investigation. What kind of investigation?
2: Right. Well, so I'm a little bit unconventional. There are definitely field reporters that mm-hmm. will go out to the scenes of sightings quite frequently. Even older cases will continue to go, you know, and you know, feel those, you know, top secret government files themselves, and and do that sort of thing. And I do try to get out there and plan to more. Um, but my role really from day one, which sort of, um, came about organically, it wasn't really something I had dreamed about as a kid Mm -hmm. (laughs) doing growing up or imagined for myself really, um, is to take in the wealth of sightings that are being reported really specifically in Texas because I'm in Texas and do my due diligence as a reporter to bring those sightings to the light of day and then help to connect the dots. So if there's, a, you know, a UFO mm-hmm. that's seen, for example, you know, I am in Central Texas. Texas is a really, really big state, though. Um, a lot of miles. Um, so if I see something, let's say here in Central Texas, and then somebody else sees something very similar in the same location, same date, that's a lot more worthy of bringing to the public light and seeing has anybody else seen this and you kind of begin a journey of collecting other photos and evidence and reports which can bring some validity to that sighting um and then of course I've accumulated some great contacts over the years with even like local meteorologists and you know um airport folks who will help and look at videos or photos and lend their explanations from time to time so a lot a lot of it is connecting the dots um there's a, a map right now on the site um, but I should add an easier link. It's a little bit buried of triangle UFOs that have been seen over the past few years because that's been a real persistent um video that we've seen, not just in Texas from around the world so it's it's being that ex doing that documentation. And that study, and, and honestly, a lot of the time, really leaving it in the community's hands for them to judge. Um, they're really amazing investigators, and they'll often comment and connect the dots and debunk things, really. <laughs> a lot of the time, they're helping to debunk things.
1: All right, stand by. We've got to take our break. We'll be back on the other side mm-hmm. of this two-minute break. Explanation our guest this hour is Jane Kyle www.texasufosightings.com and we'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, if you'd like to present your case of anything within the paranormal, whether it's ghosts, hauntings, things that go bump in the night, Bigfoot, UFOs, alien abductions, you can present your case to our live television audience simply by going to ParanormalCourtTV.com, filling out the case submission form, sending it to us, and our producers will contact you. This is The Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Don't go away.
0: Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile Service,
1: Explanation: Jane Kyle is our guest this hour. www.texasufosightings.com is her website. Uh, Jane, you mentioned that as a reporter, you take due diligence in reporting uh, the sightings that come to you. How do you take due diligence? Do you do you vet the information? Do you vet the person who's making the report? Do you do background inquiries to see what what the um, the who, what, when, where, why, and how of the report are?
2: So there are investigators who do all of that. You can, if you want to do that, you mm-hmm. can sign up for MUFON. It's a really no, 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 wonderful no, no, no,
1: hold on here. I, I, you said that you said as a reporter you take due diligence.
2: Yes. So I, I do within my time and resources. There are a lot to me okay. <laughs> in life. Um, if I could drop everything and investigate every single thing, thread to the best mm. of my abilities i will there are you know locate you know just can't be everywhere at once um most witnesses are quite shy about the information and when i try to follow up the truth is they don't really seem to want to mm. so you know you'll have a move on uh, i mean uh, a witness go to all this trouble even do a drawing or you know very um hesitantly sends you a video, um, but then not really want to follow wow. up. So
1: there's it... just
2: certain law, lo- you know, logical, you know, um, things that get in the way of a perfect investigation. However, I will say, um, there are really good investigators that will spend a whole month on a case. And in my experience, if I were to drop everything, and spend a whole month on a single case that came to my desk mm-hmm. or, you know, to my computer, I wouldn't be doing a service to the community, and I wouldn't be sharing what I know. And so what I have found that my, my specific, my role, personally, as a ufologist, it's, it's, we all are, contribute our different things. You know, some researchers spend time on old cases, you know, and that's really all they do, right? They write new books about old cases. I just talked about the MUFON field investigator. Um, recommend people do that if they feel strongly about this. Um, my, the best I can do as a reporter is to, to collect, you know, to basically pour through all those sightings that are happening in Texas and in the world as well in the U.S., um, whether it's going to MUFON, whether it's going to New Fork, whether somebody uploaded a video on YouTube. Or somebody tweeted something or somebody sent me something directly and then do my best, my best diligence to, okay, that, um, there are indications of hoax. There's no, it has all the flags of a hoax, you know, I've become just kind of good at that. Um, you know, my gut instincts about things, um, and only bringing those, yes, more vettable cases and the ones that have caught co- in common with other cases that people are reporting, to the public eye. So the public can really help. The community um can be in the know and help and also help investigate.
1: But aren't you just reinventing the wheel?
2: No, I mean that's actually why the website really happened. I didn't really choose to do it. Mm-hmm. Um I was just, you know, somebody online or reading books about these topics and mm-hmm. I had a journalism degree from UT Austin, so I sort of, I knew, I had done some random, I'd done fashion blogging, I had a fashion blog at one point, Um, I did a a more national paranormal website, but what I found was, being in Texas, I was, ended up finding about all these strange cases and things going on all the time, but there was no, there was no media coverage for it. You know, the local mm -hmm. Texas outlets weren't covering it. And I felt, well, you know, what if I could just make a site and I could really aggressively document these sightings, uh, do the investigation that I can do. I have a a very interesting witness interview coming up um, along those lines that I'll be posting. And so it kind of just, came to me people were writing to me about about what they were seeing Mm and there really wasn't this other forum or outlet for them
1: why do you think your local media doesn't cover this
2: i guess it wouldn't be fair to say it doesn't ever cover it i actually do have some nice um, local media contacts Mm -hmm. here that will reach out you know and do and do occasionally you know cover some of the more interesting sightings um, but by and large, they don't. And I think this is something we see in the national news as well. It seems like um, the paranormal cases that get a lot of the attention in the media mm-hmm. are just the more really sensational ones that sometimes end up being hoaxes. Well,
1: could it could also be um, that. Or getting
2: debunked. <laughs> could
1: it also be that yes. the, public, the public is losing interest in the UFO phenomenon since there's never any hardcore evidence?
2: Well, if you hadn't seen something yourself mm-hmm. and you weren't, you know, you didn't know about websites like Texas UFO sightings, mm-hmm. I think that that would be your assumption is that the flying saucer craze or whatever it was is, mm-hmm. is well over, um, I, I hear all the time, with all the cell phones and the selfie culture, why aren't we seeing better photos of UFOs? That's
1: an excellent question.
2: Right. Um and so two things. Well, one thing is it's not really the case. You're just not seeing it on CNN, right? You're not looking for it. Um, if you were looking for those photos and videos every day, you'd find them.
1: But it, but you know, listen, um, listen. Yeah, listen yeah. Let's let's be honest with each other here. Mhm. Anybody can fake a photo these days. Anyone.
2: Well, yes, and that is part of the problem. So, so that is kind of to the next point is mm-hmm. if you every if something looks like an a really clear spacecraft or alien, you're immediately going to think, oh, that's just too good to be true. That's a hoax. And Uh, then, you know, we do have really advanced drones and advanced, you know, U.S. military craft, Mm -hmm. right, these days, um, too, as well. So it's really easy to shrug things off and say, I'll just say this, if I'm an advanced alien sneaking around on planet Earth, I think I would find it quite easy to do. Um, why do you, now? Let
1: me ask you this question yeah. based on your last uh, uh-huh. your your last uh, statement. Why do you think an alien would want to come to this planet? We're so backwards. We're so screwed up. You know, look <laughs> how, look how we treat each other. You know, an alien would have to come from a planet worse than ours in order to find us interesting. And if they can travel oh, time possible. and space, <laughs> you know, they're they're more advanced than we are. So, what the heck are they here for? Right.
2: Well, and maybe that's why they're not um making themselves very obviously mm-hmm. known, right? Maybe that's why they're not landing on the White House lawn and coming yeah. out of their spaceships and trying to shake our hands. Um we've seen that throughout history even when certain human civilizations, you know, first interacted with others, mm-hmm. the hostility and the fear. Sure. So I think that that's actually could be one of the reasons we don't see them more often and don't see concrete evidence.
1: Why is it in your opinion that some people see these craft and the majority of people don't?
2: Yes. So like I said, I've been, you know, investigating this for years and I even, you know, I keep my eyes to the sky. Mm -hmm. I look out for things and I don't really see things. There was one time when I think maybe I saw a triangle UFO and, even me, being a UFO researcher, mm-hmm. my instinct was not to get out my phone and take a picture um, at all. It was just to look at it and wonder about it, even with everything, you know, that I knew. So I think there's some of that going on where people do see things and they just they go on to the next thing. Right. Or they take a picture and it I mean, you tried taking a picture of a plane, mm-hmm. a huge commercial plane, U.S. airplane at night with your phone, it's not going to look very good. Right. And you could be prepared to take that picture and everything. Mm -hmm. So I think there, there's somewhat of that kind of amnesia in a way, I guess. Um, but also I would say that, um, I don't necessarily believe that if aliens are visiting, they're visiting everyone all the time. Um, that it's this massive ongoing, huge phenomenon. It appears to, if it is real, um, that specific phenomenon of alien visitation—it um, appears to be selective and rare, and maybe the exception to the rule. So, I mean, I think that would be the simplest answer to that question. There's there's a, a, animal species that we all know exist that will, mm-hmm. you know, you or I may never get to touch or see in person.
1: Right. But right. They don't, or maybe but they you don't. might
2: not, not even see a video of. Right.
1: Well, they don't come across time and space as the proponents who believe in extraterrestrial visitation as well as UFOs. They don't cross the time-space continuum to come here in high technology that, for the most of it, is is undetectable. So,
2: how do we really well, know they're I, here? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I kind of I think that's what I would say is we mm-hmm. have animal species not even trying to hide from us right here on Earth, but it's hard to detect. So I would imagine, you know, an intelligent species or entity from another part of our solar system or even beyond mm-hmm. with advanced uh technology could probably figure out a way to hide from us. And also you could also say that they haven't necessarily done that. But there has been evidence that there have been photos and videos where and witness testimonies where where are well, these photos?
1: Where are these videos?
2: Yeah. So, like I was saying earlier in the program, mm-hmm. uh, evidence of alien bodies is is not as strong as the evidence for anomalous craft in our skies. We All right, a hold, lot on of hold on here. Hold on here. We've got to yeah. take.
1: We've got to take our news break. Please stand by. Explanation. Sure. Jane Kyle is our guest this hour. UF, I'm sorry, TexasUFOsightings.com is her website, and we'll be back on the other side as we continue. Right here from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton. Man, I'll tell you something. We've never seen UFOs here. Hmm. We'll have to start asking In more. Canada? So long now. Where? We'll be right back.
0: Great news.
1: Excellent Jane Kyle is our guest this hour. Her website is texasufosightings.com. Jane, what is the difference between what you do on your website and what MUFON does on theirs?
2: So MUFON actually has, they have a really good YouTube channel now. They they weren't really updating it for Mm -hmm. a while. Mm -hmm. Um, But MUFON is essentially just a really big database. Mm-hmm. So you know, I write in you know my UFO sighting. It goes into a really big database that's really, really huge and overwhelming.
1: Right, but it's so, uh, but it's searchable,
2: right? You know, yes, I, exactly. Right. And so MUFON is one of my sources. You know, is, is how you would you know put it. Um. So I can I can search that database, mm-hmm. and I have some MUFON contacts as well. Um. That will help chime in on cases, you know. I'm looking into so, yeah. So, it, I would put MUFON in, in the category of New Fork, is another one. Sure, Peter another Davenport's, Great UFO yeah. database, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: So, so what's the difference then? If you're going to this data to the MUFON database to get information and you use Peter Davenport's database, what makes yours different? Mind you, MUFON has investigative teams that actually go out and do investigations they communicate with other teams around the world peter davenport great guy had the pleasure of talking to peter many times great database so what makes your database different
2: well you'll have to ask all the people that come to my website
1: no 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 no, no, no. i'm asking i'm asking i'm asking you i'm asking you I'm not asking the people who go to your right. website. I'm well, asking you. Well, if
2: you want to go to the MUFON database mm-hmm. and click through five photos of lens flares mm-hmm. and then click a photo, you know, of a testimony with very vague information mm-hmm. to, to then find the good sightings, you can. Most people don't want to do that. So I do that legwork for you. So and you it's act- not just MUFON. So okay. MUFON's only one of many sources. Um, as well as direct sources, you know, people writing into me directly. So I'm doing that, you know, qualitative analysis and investigation on top of it. But yes, MUFON is a a great resource for citing.
1: So you go out, you find out the information from the different websites, and then you put on your website what you select that your people, the people who go to your website should read and see.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, and so, Uh, I mean, I can go through just example after example mm -hmm. of, you know, cases where essentially I was able to help crowdsource information about (laughs) cases that otherwise might be out there totally isolated, not even know that they existed, or we may not hear about because witnesses witnesses didn't know that other people had seen it as well. Because they, you know, they're just, Average Joe going about their day in Texas. They're not going through the MUFON database, mm-hmm. right? But if I get a video into my inbox, and then I also see that somebody on MUFON Maybe, you know, maybe the same week, you know, with a different photo saw something. You know, I can help tie those dots together for people if you will.
1: What investigative techniques do you use and where did you learn how to be an investigator?
2: Well, I wouldn't necessarily call myself an investigator. So I would say that I'm a reporter, UFO reporter, UFO researcher, ufologist. Um, I think it's just like anything in life, but there's no ufology degree in college. Mm -hmm. So it's just one of those self-educated things where you're reading and researching and learning every single day, year after year. So you, okay. you get used to the, the patterns and the trends and um, probably mostly I'm an expert on things that aren't UFOs. <laughs> um, you know, those are Chinese lanterns. Those are military terry flares. That's Elon Musk's SpaceX rocket. He's caused a few UFO panics. So it's, it's just the reporting and the trial of error and, and yeah, just, just becoming um, an expert. I have interviews on our YouTube channel with Nick Redfern, mm-hmm. who he's a Bigfoot and a UFO yeah, expert. Yeah, we I all know Redo- Nick so, over yeah, here, So yeah, just getting to know the experts as well. So basically, you're, firsthand an, you're and talking so, to them. So
1: basically, you're an archivist. You archive information.
2: I would say that, I would say it's probably, there's probably not just one thing I do. <laughs> In in the realm of ufology, uh, but I would think yes, that's part of it. Part of it is archiving, documenting. Mm-hmm. There absolutely is an element of investigation, and then there's an element of a lot of the investigation is also investigating the media.
1: Oh, wait a second! Wait a second! Here, wait a second! Sec here, you you, you just said things. that you weren't an investigator. So, if you're not an investigator, how do you conduct investigations?
2: Well, you just seem to want to try to find a. A specific word.
1: Well, you see, i, I you, well, you see,
2: <laughs> so I'm just trying to help you out here.
1: You, you're not. You're not. You're baffling me, and you're baffling the audience. So I'd like to kind of focus back in because if you call yourself, if you say you do investigations, that means you're an investigator. It, it, it's common sense. I, you know, right?
2: Okay. Well, we can talk about some of those investigations. Okay, let's talk
1: about those. Good idea.
2: Yeah, so there was, in April 2017, there was an object that was filmed by multiple people. Mm-hmm. Um, it looked like, honestly, it just looked like a plane or a large ship crashing. Wow. But there was no nothing in the San Antonio news about it. And there were people just blowing up my Facebook, sending me videos. Uh-huh. And so I featured that, was able to get, you know, was able to document more cases, um, that was then featured in the local San Antonio news at that point, I was able to get some meteorologists and uh, airport people to chime in on their take. And nobody really could really identify it. at the end of the day. There were um, the explanation not given by actual witnesses who saw, who saw it, mm-hmm. but um, the air, local airport and meteorologists is this could be actually just simply a plane making a strange contrail with how the sun was setting on it. Right. So, you know, that's an example. But, yeah, it just goes on and on and on, uh, just different cases. And rather though, than drop my hat and mm. go physically travel, I mean, there's hundreds of sightings um, Well, in Texas, I mean, if we just scale it down to Texas, there's still an overwhelming amount of sightings out there to investigate. And so it's much more beneficial to say, hey, there's been five triangle UFO sightings this month in central Texas, rather than, you know, spend a whole month maybe in one of those locations learning about it. So it's just, you know, there's definitely a limitation to what investigation I can do okay. so I try to offer up everything I can and some of that is yes documentation archiving um what's your favorite some of it is more hands-on you know it just really depends
1: what is your favorite UFO case
2: so there's it's of course I'm partial to Texas mm-hmm. because those cases are the ones you know I've really investigated the most um and I'm partial to anything involving alien entities. Um, like I had said, these days, it seems like when people have encounters with the gray aliens, it seems to almost be in a dreamlike state. So it, it's hard to do much with that. Um, but back in the day, there were just case after case after case of these, of these entities. And um, one of those cases really... Entity cases, if you will, was in 1897. So this was before um, the first plane, right? Before drones. And so this was was 1897 in Aurora, Texas.
1: Was -hmm. that also before airships?
2: So this was actually, so it was the late 1800s, there Mm -hmm. were miss, yes, before any known airships, yes. There were mystery airship sightings in the late 1800s. Mm-hmm. So, multiple ones, mostly on the West Coast. Um, but in 1897, one of these cases was in Aurora, Texas, of this, these ships were cigar shaped, very strange, of it crashing um, in Aurora outside Dallas, Texas, 1897. And then apparently, there were these small, you know, alien quote unquote, hmm bodies recovered and there was a burial christian burial done at the time the militaries reported to you shortly after that kind of swoop in and uh we don't actually really know i don't think where the original burial site is anymore but there are some uh stones documenting the case um but those airship sightings were fascinating and even thomas edison had to say that it, he wasn't responsible for them because there were, there were rumors going on where are these ships coming from who made them. So, yeah, those late 1800s airship sightings are interesting. And then, of course, if there was, um, you know, strange humanoid beings in these ships, it just adds a whole other strange dimension to those
1: cases. All right, stand by. We've got to take our final break, and we'll be back on the other side of this commercial, wrapping up this hour with our guest, Jane Kyle. She is a ufologist living in Texas, and her website is texasufosightings.com. I'll be back on the other side. Um, don't forget ExoNation. If you'd like to get a copy of the current Texas Chronicles newspaper, it's at exchroniclesnewspaper.com and to file your submission to have your case heard on our Paranormal Court TV show, which is uh, it's live, and the jury is actually the viewers around the world. Go to www.paranormalcourt.tv, go to the top, and click on Case Hearing Submission, and one of our producers will get to you. in a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard, continues after this break. Thank you. Explanation: Jane Kyle's our guest this hour. She's a ufologist in Texas. Her website is texasufosightings.com. Jane, why do you think that there has never been disclosure made by a sitting president as to the reality of the existence of UFOs and extraterrestrial visitation? Well, so Hillary
2: Clinton, before the last election... Mm-hmm actually she made that part of her campaign. She said that she was gonna get to the bottom of the topic and she talked about it on late night radio. Um mm-hmm. uh, late night sorry, radio T V and you know the rest is history. So we don't know if she had become president if if you would be asking me that question today. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um so we might be getting closer. The presidents have been uh President Carter, President Reagan, there have been, you know, President Clinton, Bill Clinton have talked about UFOs and their interest in them. So it, it definitely seems like there's a president is poised to talk about it in but the it, near future. Isn't it yes. funny
1: that President Jimmy Carter had his own UFO encounter and yet while he was president he did not reveal or release any information if there was any rela- information to release?
2: Right. And so I think this goes back to why are, Why do we not see more evidence of UFOs and aliens? Well, mm-hmm. presidents have been pretty quiet about this topic. So we can assume if there's something to this, it's been declassified for a reason. It's top secret for a reason. So that, you know, that would be my guess, is that's why we haven't heard a president talk about it. Now, in December 2017, though, there was a... A pretty amazing New York Times article that detailed the Pentagon's top secret investigation of UFOs as recently as 2007 mm-hmm. to 2011. Right. So that was a pretty groundbreaking article. It uh, also talked about how they had basically a a, a private budget uh, contract with Robert Bigelow of Bigelow mm-hmm. Aerospace to help study and even store. UFO materials essentially and how they didn't believe that UFOs were from any known man. So it's pretty pretty groundbreaking article but I'm not sure that the general public has really fully processed all the implications of that article.
1: But but, but wasn't that just yeah. wasn't that just reported in the New York Times and the New York Times doesn't have a very good credibility rating these days.
2: Well, yeah, maybe that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Maybe if that article had come out, you know, a, a while back, mm-hmm. maybe it would have been listened to more. I think that's very astute of you. Um, but it definitely was—it it was unprecedented. I mean, that was probably one of the biggest government disclosures I've ever seen. Um, we often hear disclosures about things that happened well, way back when.
1: Well, when you um, say government disclosure. Yeah. In order to be a government disclosure, the information would have to come from the government, not the New York Times.
2: Right. So it was Pentagon, yeah, and that's, that's a good, and that's more than semantics, that's fair. I guess it was just the closest mm. to um, government insiders, the Pentagon, disclosing investigation into recent UFOs. So, like, for example, you can go on to FBI and read files about raw as well and Mm -hmm. things that happened a long time ago or cia also has a whole section reading room where you can read some really crazy things you know that happened from a long time ago but usually we're not seeing disclosures of ufos in real time or or strange things that are happening right now very in your face Mm -hmm. and so yes it definitely seems that a president is poised to talk about this soon Um, we have the apparently invigorated space program you know we'll see so yeah it's very I'm I will say everybody in the UFO world has this debate all the time like oh disclosure is never going to happen or it already has happened or it's about to happen soon those seem to be the three buckets or boats that people fit into
1: um, You know, Stephen Bassett's been at the forefront mm-hmm. of, of UFO disclosure for many years, and I've had Stephen on the show many times. And we're no closer. Nothing changes within the world of ufology. I've been doing this show for 29 years, and I'll tell you, nothing has changed. There's no new smoking gun evidence. Whenever there's a new TV show that hits the airwaves that has the implications of UFOs, extraterrestrials, there's a a spike. Whenever Mm -hmm. whenever Hollywood comes out with a new movie, there's a spike. But that's about it. There, There is no change. Everything is the same today in ufology as it was 29 years ago. How come? If ufology is real, if UFOs are real, if extraterrestrials are real, Should there not be some change? Should there not be more hardcore, hard hard fact evidence to substantiate these claims? Should more, should not more and more people be taking photographs since everybody's got a cell phone? Everybody's got a dash cam, you know, the dash cams. Mm -hmm. Our satellites can, from 20,000 miles out in space in a geosynchronous orbit, can actually look at a man's wristwatch and tell what time it is. And yet, can find an alien or a UFO? Something doesn't make sense here.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I keep kind of bringing this up because mm-hmm. it's something I've thought about a lot. Um, in recent times, like I said, it's, I've not found compelling evidence yeah. of alien bodies, physical alien encounters. Mm-hmm. But it seems like there were waves of them a long time ago. And so what I would suggest is that just like we advance our own tactics and technology if if there are advanced alien beings that don't want to be found out they might have been advancing along with us and so that could explain some of the lack of some of that really concrete evidence that you know we're so desiring yeah. um for sure so, and also it's up to mm-hmm. the people disclosure so you're right until honestly, green aliens or gray aliens or purple aliens, (laughs) whatever you want, could land on the White House lawn tomorrow, Mm -hmm. and somebody could get a video about it. Um, And I can totally imagine this scenario where that gets debunked as a hoax, and I could also um, honestly relate to somebody who would call it a hoax and find their claims totally um, valid.
1: But when you get people coming on late-night talk radio, like our show, who one one guy the other day said that owls are really extraterrestrials. You get another guy on who says, well, listen, there's over 61 different species of extraterrestrials walking around with us right now. Another one will say that there's military bases filled with extraterrestrials. You know, when people hear this, there's no consistency in their stories. So a lot of it is, oh, come on. You know, you can read a comic book and get the same thrill. If If there was legitimacy, there would be consistency. But when it comes to the UFO community and the extraterrestrial community, stories vary. There's no consistency. And I think that this is a major problem that people are having today. And in, in my opinion, this is why a lot of the other mainstream media outlets are just not reporting on UFO activity anymore because, oh, well, how many people see a UFO? Oh, wow, where's the evidence? Where's the photo? Where's this, that, and the other thing? And it's not considered newsworthy.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, I am fortunate that Mm -hmm. I don't seem to attract too many witnesses like that that are just rambling on, you know, I had. Uh, You know, and I'm not knocking it, but I had some, you know, hypnosis regression and um, I went up there with the star beings. And so there's definitely those extraordinary stories that are just going to stay that way and remain in that realm of mystery for a while, I think. Mm -hmm. I think as long as this topic is unidentified UFO, (laughs) unidentified being the key word. Yeah. It's going to welcome all of that, and that's never going to go away.
1: But how does anyone so, yeah. who's, who's just starting to have an interest in, in the possibility of extraterrestrial life and visitation from other planets and UFOs, where do they go? You know, you, there are so many websites out they're filled with garbage because in my opinion, mm-hmm. the, the Internet is the largest septic tank that has ever been created by mankind. There's more crap <laughs> in it than there is truth. So where does anybody it's go the for way, the truth?:
2: Yeah the way of communication it seems to, to go that way in history. Yeah, so know your sources. Mm-hmm. So you know I mean, it's, look, it's hard to get. Straight facts on anything these days, just like what you're saying, right? Nevertheless, UFOs. So you're go into it, realizing what you're going into. I would say the evidence that there's been a cover-up of the phenomenon is probably the more interesting thing for somebody new to this to look into. Um, so I would look at it from that more objective right. perspective at first. Um, you know, you see the pattern with these stories, whether it's Roswell or Phoenix Lights, or the Rendlesham UFO, some of the more well-documented cases that whether or not they're aliens, we know something happened. We see the pattern. Oh, you know... Hey, Jane, I hate to do this, out. but we've
1: run out of oh, time no, for tonight. Okay. I want to thank you you're so good. much for joining us. And ExoNation, if you would like more information about our guest this hour, visit her website, www. You got the pencil and paper ready? TexasUFOSightings.com Wow! and another one bites the dust. She's not an investigator, but she does investigations. She's a reporter, but she doesn't vet the information. I'll be back after I have a cup of coffee upstairs in the green room here in our broadcast facilities from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. I'm Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. Don't go away.